We're going to get that housing data together for you, but let's bring in Scott Bauer, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, uh, in as we do. And Scott, good morning to you. I was just taking a look at the morning, numbers Scott. here. Good morning, Scott. Kind of mixed in terms of housing data that just got dropped at the bottom of the hour. Um, uh, and probably not as big of an implication in terms of, uh, you know, read into what to expect from the Fed compared to some of the numbers we saw last week, like CPI, the jobless claims. And but again, it does look like housing starts this morning uh, coming a little bit better than expected. But the permits, it, it looks like missed and we're a little bit lower than uh, analysts were looking for. Yeah, this one's a number that, that the Fed probably isn't paying any attention to in terms of their meeting today and their announcement tomorrow. Like you said, CPI last week, the, the employment numbers, uh, that's really what, what they're you know going to be focused on in their decisions. And quite frankly, Ben, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if they raise 75 or a full point tomorrow. It's going to be what does Powell say in his press conference afterwards? What is the path? going forward because again the the difference of a quarter point hike that's going to be made up on the next one anyway mm -hmm. so what is their path going forward is it going to be a, a new four percent target is it going to be higher than that so that's really you know to me that's where the focus tomorrow should be well and to that point here scott i mean everybody talks about how the real focus should be the terminal rate right not necessarily right. the uh, skips and jumps along the way but ultimately where we end no doubt about it and you know what though the, the Fed has not done a real good job projecting. They've done a good job, uh, you know, kind of announcing, pre-announcing yeah. what they intend yeah. to do. But in terms of their projections, they haven't been real good. So I'm not so sure, you know, what 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 the market or how the market is going to really grasp that. But that certainly will be the key, whether they say that terminal rate is four, four and a quarter, four and a half, wherever that might be. Scott, getting back to housing here just real quick, and I'd agree with you, not necessarily the data point the Fed was waiting on in terms of making their decision to today and tomorrow, but um, uh, to the point we've seen uh, the Fed trying to slow growth, demand, housing was just overheated. I mean, that goes without saying, right? Some of the patterns, the trends we had seen there, unprecedented neon swan type event uh, occurrences happening. Um, and, you know, we've seen that slow for the most part with mortgage rates above 6% for the 30 year. You'd expect to see that. And they have, we talk about the ripple effect and as far as some of the bigger ticket items and uh, some of the consumer trends, the impact that could have. But also, you know, we're talking about jobs, right? So you've got these two real pillars of strength that we've seen in terms of the economy yep. into the beginning of this year housing and jobs, but the Fed definitely uh, putting the clamps down in terms of housing. We've seen the ripple effect there, but it still seems like, the, for the most part, labor conditions here in the U.S., as per Powell's comments as of recent, have been, well, uh, somewhat uh, able and resilient to these recent rate hikes. It's still suggesting that we're seeing a strong labor market here. No doubt about it. And I, I don't see that going away anytime soon. So, you know, they're, they're going to have to be able to balance that. They're going to have to be able to look forward and say, okay, we know this inflationary environment we're in. What if wages, what if the employment market stays mm -hmm. status quo, you know, instead of pulling mm -hmm. back? I mm -hmm. think that's the way that they need to approach this. More suggestive and along the lines of kind of thought process that we could be plateauing up here. I mean, Scott, I was filling up my tank this morning, and while crude prices hit 81 yesterday, it's still almost five bucks a gallon here in Chicago. Well, you got to come out to the suburbs a little <laughs> bit where. <laughs> But but you're right. It is it is pretty expensive. Though I did see 369 this morning up in the burbs. But you're right. It, it is still very very expensive, and that is 
that that's not going away, Ben. I mean, there, there's lots of projections out there that that gas prices are only going to get more expensive in the fourth quarter going into the end of the year, which that would really put a hurt on people. Well, that calms me a little bit because, again, uh, I've been hearing about this national average working its way back to the 350 level, still above where we were this time last year, I think around 319-ish, 320. But, yeah, to see prices at the pump like that this morning, I was kind of seeing that discrepancy. We always talk about how they spike higher, but kind of, uh, you know, slowly drift down. Absolutely. Let's, let's talk a little bit about crude in terms of what you're seeing as far as, you know, I was joking with Ali yesterday saying, you know, we could set up a dartboard and, and I can hand you a dart and uh, throw it, Ali. I'll guarantee you one of the, you know, they're all basically bearish <laughs> fundamentals that are on that board right now. and You'd hit one. No doubt about it. And, and just look at yesterday's price action, right? You know, early in the market, hammered hammered sub 82 i did we, yeah. we hit below yeah. 82 all all on you know global growth fears right and and you know what the fed is going to do and then we get one headline during the day or late morning yesterday coming out of china saying that they may be mm -hmm. easing mm -hmm. some of their restrictions and that's and what saw, the spike was and that's what the spike was okay. so to me we're in a very fragile market and and we could just as easily see 8081 again as we could see 9091 yeah. again and it, it's so headline driven right now that that to me fundamentals are almost out of mm. out of the equation for right now and so anybody that's trading in in the crude market i think you've got to be just so so deliberate in in what your thesis is and you've got to have some really quick stops here because again one headline yesterday proved it one headline can absolutely turn that market, you know, into a big mover in a very short while. A pretty good reflection of what we've seen in markets in general, how investors and traders are on the edge of their seats. Speaking of on the edge, you've got gold on uh, the edge oh, below 1700. Uh, what are you watching there? Should we be looking to crude as a precursor in terms of what to expect from gold? I mean, man, gold has faced such head, uh, headwinds. Dollar headwinds. It seems like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, regardless of what the Fed does tomorrow, um, it, it's likely that the dollar is going to stay very strong mm. in, in the near term, which is just going to continue, you know, putting pressure on gold here. So, you know, it, are we going to go to 1680, 1650? Absolutely possible. Are we going to rally up to 1750? I don't see that likely anywhere in the near term here because of what the dollar is doing. And, and you know, the dollar is also a reflection on not just gold, crude, and most other mm -hmm. commodities as well. And here's a pretty good look at that, to Scott's point. I've got the dollar on the left, the strength we've seen there. Crude, crude, I'm sorry, gold on the right. Crude throughout this period has come off as well, for the most part, again, as Scott pointed out, uh, to that $81 level as of recent. Scott, in terms of uh, the focus this week being on housing, away from the Fed, right? I don't want to necessarily just get tunnel vision because yep. uh, there's other data out there that we should be keeping an eye on. And, you know, to that point here, while the dollars remain strong, gold's come under pressure as rates have spiked and uh, obviously the, the hawkish tone from the Fed. But we've seen silver and copper, which have firmed up a little bit recently. They're back above the 50-day moving average at or above versus gold, which is pretty convincingly below right now. Uh, I mean, what are you seeing there? I mean, is it, is it uh, to your point, the thought that maybe China has seen kind of the worst is behind them as far as and potential for demand and industrial metals could continue to improve at this point? Yeah, that's exactly what that is, especially specific to silver and copper, um, with, which China, you know, is the, is the biggest user of those. And, you know, as we see those restrictions ease again, and, and we may see 
you know, you know, a week, a month from now, China may say, okay, we're, we're locking down again. But I think that's what the market is interpreting, that maybe we have seen the worst behind us in terms of the lockdowns, in terms of, of demand destruction, if you will. So you're starting to see those industrial metals level off a little bit. I'm not saying that they have bottomed, but they definitely are starting to level off. Okay, I've got a look here at gold. I just want to point out as we just kind of cycle through here, silver holding just above its 50-day moving average, and then also here to that point, copper at or just above right around this 350 level. So a little bit of a different narrative. Uh, Scott, lastly, uh, in terms of the Fed tomorrow, what are you looking for? What should we be expecting? And ultimately, uh, the read-through in terms of the market's reaction to? So we have had this conversation multiple times going into the last two, three Fed meetings where, where I have said, Ben, and we've discussed that I think they should just pull the Band-Aid off, mm -hmm. rip the mm -hmm. Band-Aid off. And, and I don't know that they're going to do it again tomorrow because I think they're, they're still afraid of shocking the market. Mm -hmm. So if we did get 1% tomorrow, I don't think that would be a shock to the market. To me, again, though, the big thing is, is as you mentioned earlier, what, are they, what is Powell going to say that terminal rate is going to be? How, how negative is he going to be in terms of, okay, inflation is not transitory anymore, and mm -hmm. we are really fighting this uphill battle. So you know that all of the quant and, and all of the, the AI out there is going to be sitting on every single word that he says. And I would expect the market to, to gyrate tomorrow very, very violently during his speech as maybe he throws a word out there that some are looking at hawkish maybe he throws another word out there saying they're not going to be as hawkish so i i think that he's got to be very cautious he doesn't want to see the market implode here but he also needs to address this head on and say we've got to get it under control so he's, he's in a bad spot bet you jerome powell uh, has been forced to walk that fine line many times before it seems like this is more a thread in many ways that he's kind of balancing oh, yeah. on here right now it sounds like scott we will be and continue to be dialed in on his every word. In addition to uh, the eco data as it becomes available to us as the Fed's made clear, they're data dependent as well. Scott, I always appreciate you joining us. Thanks for sharing your Tuesday with us here you, on man. the TD Ameritrade Network. Thanks to you, Scott. Scott Bauer from Prosper Trading Academy, helping us get ahead of the Fed announcement and checking in on commodities.